This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Let's rock and roll, folks. It's episode 65. Episode EK65. Eric Carlson, we'll give him a little shout out. Probably going to win the Norris Trophy this year. Season three. It's Greg in studio. It's Justin Back in Thunder Bay, how are we doing? How was the road trip, man? How are you feeling today? Unreal. Awesome to be back. Uh, road trip was good. Uh, simple simple drive, but it's a little bit of a longer one. We go, uh, I was going from Rochester to Toronto. Uh, my mom flies down there, does the drive with me, so I grab her from downtown Toronto, head to Sault Ste. Marie, uh, the can- Canadian side of it at least, and uh, stay there overnight. That ends up being about a 12-hour day, 12-hour drive. Not too bad. Um, good drive. That'll put hair weather. in your chest, though. Uh, That'll put hair in your chest. I yeah, mean, yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you got you to get used to it. You oh get yeah, used to, it, to say the least, right? What so, are you? Are you humming you... coffees, Red Bulls? Like, what are we dealing with here? It's coffee. As soon as you wake up, you got to get a Coca Cola or something, yep. and you get that caffeine. It's just a, it's a nonstop stream of caffeine to oh, say yeah. the least on that drive. Right? Oh yeah, you got to have chocolates. You got to the sugars going. It's, oh. it's like. It's almost like a it's 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 an athletic event. You got to have the the rail restock your electrolytes and all those. Man, things. the focus it is, it is man. Like people don't understand. <laughs> yeah. Like when you're going yeah. on that twelve, you know, fourteen out. Like yeah. anything over, I would say, I'd classify anything over four hours is that's yeah. a great grind, and you got to be dialed. Yeah. And we're talking twelve, dude. Like that's <laughs> a big sure. one, man. For sure. And that yeah. was the first day. Second day. Wake up again uh, on the road 7 a.m. You got another uh, eight hours on the second day. So then, then that, I'm home yesterday at, at about 3, 4 o'clock. <laughs> Dude, like that's, I mean, that's, that'll put hair in your chest. I love it though. So, but yeah, like you said, like what's the, what's the, like, you know, the, uh, the menu looking like on the way? Coke, a lot of sub, coffee. A lot of subways. Oh, yeah. A subway. Lot of subway. A lot of gas station, Coca Cola, yep. snacks. You got the, I don't know about you, for my, I, I'm maybe a little, definitely diff- different in this one. I don't know. So maybe a little, definitely chocolate covered raisins guy i just okay. pound them away i yeah, love yeah. them i don't know i'm oh. m&ms too love m&ms oh, big uh, m&m for guy. sure they're big one. i'm big chocolate yeah. guy big so what so what are the, the raisins you get what are those called uh they come in the purple box and they're called so we we stopped at costco oh grab the grab the kirk kirkland oh they're just a ton of them in there. unreal they just pack them in yeah there, yeah you know what i mean oh yeah huge, huge. no Got i can grab I, so ahead. i don't know about you where got nine golf gloves for like 20 30 bucks oh, it's, had it's one of the better deals out there the kirkland golf clubs from yeah. the golf gloves from Co- from costco yeah yeah the but four man, pack man, i don't know i don't know what you any glove i get i rip through them like crazy my palm i don't know if i hold my club too high up whatever it is rip through my golf gloves yeah yeah i gotta go through three or four a year i gotta give them the shout out man like i've been in the golf industry for a long time been wearing a lot of gloves the tailor-made two tp golf glove there's nothing like it, man. I'm telling you right now, they're hard to find because I'm a lefty it. and I've got mitts, massive mitts. They're hard to find. Same. But, I mean, they're they're the oh. best mitt on the market, man. Um, Dude, I, haven't, I haven't worn TaylorMade. I haven't used a TaylorMade glove yet. I really if, haven't. If so you, maybe that's the way to go. They're like they're like 45 bucks a pop. It's ridiculous <laughs> for a mitt well, that'll they, last you well, three great. weeks. If they... If they 
Yeah, I guess I, I just need something that lasts, or yeah. need a high quantity of gloves. That's that's what exactly. I'm in oh, I've got the right I got them for Christmas, the Kirklands, and they're fantastic, yeah. man. Um, yeah, for sure. But no, no it was good. It was it, yeah. The travel was nice. Nice to be home. Uh, only downside: courses don't open for another 10, 10 days, probably at best. Work today. Work today, and I'm uh, with the city here, whatever. And raining all day, cold. Is it June? Beginning of June, end of May is rain season here. It's not new, but it is the way it is. Our springs are later. We got wild winters, and that's just part of the process. So I got to wait for the course to open a little bit here. I love it, man. Just the great yeah. grind of Thunder Bay. I love it. For sure. Um, for I sure. got a new phone today, Justin, and I want to talk about mm-hmm. that process a little bit. I don't think there's anything more annoying. Like, obviously, these <laughs> devices, they've grown on us in society, like, especially to, you know, running, you know, social, uh, social medias and, and just being involved in the sports world. Like yeah. I'm on my phone probably more than the average 16 year old, whether, you know, it's yeah. the balance between <laughs> social media and swiping left on Tinder. It's, yeah. it keeps me busy, man. So, um, you know, I'm on my phone a lot and, and just the transfer over with the new phone, like it's just, it's crazy, man. So I'm getting yeah. that all adjusted, but, uh, but man, those things, yeah, these things, they've just, I mean, I can't imagine not what's, having What's it. the phone. What would you get? It's an iPhone 14. Um, so I'm an iPhone guy. I got the MacBook, So like, I wouldn't stray away from that. It's actually one of my pet peeves when somebody has got the green bubble. I'm kind of like, dude, figure it out. Dude, they can answer (laughs) me. I can text them with the green bubble. They can answer me. I still don't know if it's getting through every time. Every text I send with the green bubble. Yeah. I don't know if it's going through and we could be in a conversation. I don't trust it. I just never trust if it's a green bubble. It makes the group chats a hassle. Like it's just like if you're using Samsung or Google, I get it. You want to be different or like you like that type of software. iPhone is the top tier phone. There isn't really any other way to do it. If you're not using an iPhone, I don't know what you're doing. I and, mean, I, well, what do you need? What do you need to be doing with your phone? Where like going so against the universal norm is a, like a necessity. It has to be done for you. <laughs> that you have to get a Samsung. Like, what? What are you using it for? You, it high, like, do you have the? Do you need the most security out of anyone in the world? That you have like all that in your phone? It just blows my mind. Yeah. Everyone's- the iphone everyone's on the iphone and like at what point did you be like yeah you know what I- i'm a google guy i'm gonna eat like when did you become <laughs> google guy like i swear to like or no when, one has yeah no, exactly no like <laughs> you were probably a blackberry person that's probably outdating true. you and then you probably yeah. evolved in the iphone like that is the most that's logical true. transformation in cell phones you know luckily i was i was a little later on the blackberry bandwagon hung on a little yeah. too long and then made the flipped <laughs> iphone actually i do think in I went through a weird stage in my early university years and I, and I, and I was using a Google and people were like, dude, like you're kind of a social outcast <laughs> and you're like, I got to get back to the iPhone. But these, these companies, they lock into these contracts. It's not so easy, but yeah. you're dude, it, the only, the only phone I ever owned that wasn't an iPhone was maybe when I was like 12, 13, 14 years old. When my parents would just like text me when you get to this spot, here's like a Samsung, the thing flipped flip. up oh, and yeah. the keyboard was exposed when you flipped it up. Then you type on a little keyboard, and that's all it did. It had maybe a brick breaker as a little game on there, yep. and you could only call and text. And that's the only phone I had that wasn't an iPhone, right? So, I mean, that's all the only thing I've been used to is the iPhones. Those are the simple days, man. I'm telling you right now, like you're wheeling and dealing. You just got phone numbers. You're not, you know, worried about posting photos of social media. Like those are the, 100%. those are the simple days, man. That was grade 10, 11 100%. for me, man. You know, we got flip phones and we got T9, which was the texting system, but that's for another time, man. Um, but listen, let's get into things, Justin. We've got a lot to talk about yeah. today. Obviously it's huge. It's a huge week on the PGA tour this, uh, this week. It's the PGA championship. 
Um, lot to get into there. Uh, in the NHL, a lot of news pouring out. Not only would we have the conference finals uh, on, on the way, and just an absolute marathon uh, in night one of the conference finals. We'll get into that uh, in quarter two. Yeah. We've got a little halftime, for you, halftime show here for you guys. You guys can play along. Which athlete makes more money? And we're going to propose two athletes. I've got some surprising ones here. I think they're going to be pretty funny. Uh, And then in quarter three, we're going to hop right into the NBA. Obviously, there's some news outside as well uh, with the uh, the draft lottery, some teams exiting the NBA playoffs, some news around them. Obviously, yep. the, the the guard out of Memphis, a little bit more news around him as well. And then we've got the uh, the conference finals in the in the NBA. And then we'll get some MLB marathons alive and well there in the MLB. We'll get into it. Uh, but, Justin, let's start things off in the uh, at the PGA Championship, man. You were at the grounds. I think we got to start off by saying, dude, this course is a monster. Oak Hill is just a beast of a track. It's par 70. I do believe there's only two par fives. 7,400 yards. The rough is longer than somebody if they didn't use the TDI Manscaped code. Like, it is tough <laughs> out there, dude. Absolutely. No, it's, 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 it's insane. I mean, they got... Joe Thornton's beard sitting on the edge of the fairway for you. And you just got to best some luck from hitting from there. But you know what? I think that's, that's awesome to see. I mean, again, we talked about it. Uh, I like where the PGA is at overall. Cause I think there's, there's two elements we're seeing now elevated events with higher pay in the regular PGA circuit where we're getting minus 20, minus 22, 23, 24 in competitive fields. Now you come to major time and it's that season and we're going to test you. And I love it. And they're ruthless with it. And you see four different tests. You see the Masters. That's a traditional, same course every time. You know what you're going to get. You know the challenge is going to be. Then the PGA Championship, always changing. So it's going to be a different elements, different scenery. Always going to be a tough task. U.S. Open, kind of that same element. It's going to be fast greens, uh, um, obviously a different venue. Then we go over across the pond, and you're going to see something that, weather, in that style fescue. of golf, right? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yep. And this is electric, man. The course looks absolutely immaculate. Like, oh, man. It's incredible. The, course is, the, the landscape shots of this thing is just pristine, so and it's unbelievable. They shut this place down last fall, so there hasn't been a member on this golf course yet this season. So it's just, it's just perfect. And like you said, it's... It's kind of the little brother of the U.S. Open, but they take a lot of those U.S. Open qualities and pour them into the PGA yeah. Championship. The long rough, the fast greens, the fast fairways. Very at, You have to be very accurate. And it's giving these guys troubles, but I love it, man. It's so refreshing to see a tournament that's not... Like, even at the Masters nowadays, they're taking it 15, 20 yeah. under, you know? And and, right. and Augusta, right. like, just due to the length of, of the players, like, they do find a way to take it low at Augusta. But they... Man, again, you got guys going... What- Go ahead. Yeah, great. Guys yeah. go. You're right. Guys are going one or two over right now, and they're like, "That's a decent round today." I'm, like that. That's still in it. Heavily in the mix if you're over par, which is what yeah. we like to see out of a major yeah. championship. And maybe we'll see Augusta. You know, as the years go on, I know they've bought property around the golf course, looking to lengthen holes. But no, it's fun to see. I'm loving this Oak Hill course. It's unbelievable. But let's check it on the leaderboard. A guy that's obviously sitting up top right now is Scotty Scheffler, and uh, there's no real surprise yeah. here. He was the betting favorite with John Ram before the tournament, and I mean, it, it's pretty scary looking at this guy because we haven't really seen Scotty Shuffler choke. I mean, he's got his yeah. his Masters last year. He's been on just a tear. I think six tournaments in the last two seasons. He's been the number. He's been you know on the merry-go-round of that number one player in the world with Rory McIlroy and John Rahm. It's going to be tough to beat Scotty Shuffler this week. It sucks because we want to see drama. We want to see people choke. But maybe this is the week we see Scotty kind of waver a bit and show a little you know show a little bit of that, you know, that he's a human. But I mean, it's going to be tough for the field to catch him. 
Yeah, look at Scotty. I mean, he's got two minus three rounds uh, and sitting at minus six right now. Um, interesting here. What's your take on this? If if you're a Scotty fan and you're looking at his last two rounds coming up, evaluating from his first two, okay? Round one, no bogeys, three birdies. Is that round good? Round two, four. Yeah, round two, four birdies, one bogey. So I think uh, we both agree you're happy he's playing so clean, right? You're, you're thrilled about that. But is there any worry for you, say, that, like, he hasn't, like, hit his stretch of bogey? Like, or is he just not going to do it? Like, a lot of these guys are having two, three, four bogeys in a round. Like, are you saying to yourself after two rounds now, if you're a Scotty fan, unreal, he's clean, he's feeling it, he's not going to, like, he's able to find his way at least around pars? Or are you sitting there saying, man, there's still a lot of room for him to kind of have that struggle that a lot of these top guys are where he might have three, three bogeys in a round? Yeah, I mean, he's just, he's such a steady guy and he's just so unwavered. Like, he doesn't seem to get rattled. And he, you know what his demeanor is, is what makes Scotty so special. And he talks about it after every time he wins. Golf doesn't define me. You know, he's, yeah. a, he's a very religious guy. He loves his wife. They don't do anything with golf after the tournament. And he just seems like such a cool, calm, collected guy. So, like, even if he does sure. make a double bogey, which is hard to imagine because he's so steady. Like this guy, man, you know, it's going to be interesting though, because obviously this golf course yeah. is one that he hasn't won on. He hasn't won, you know, a U.S. Open or a PGA Championship. This is not Augusta. This is a true test and it's going to get very difficult over the weekend. There's going to be some rain there on Saturday, which might soften the place up. But I mean, you look around him and there are some, you know, quality golfers. You got Keegan Bradley, three yeah. back. He's won a major. You got Bryson DeChambeau. He's four back. He's won a major. You got Shane Lowry, minus five yeah. on the day. He's 200. He's won a major. Justin Rose has won a major. And then you got some Colin Morikawa, Brooks Kepka. These guys are just five, six strokes back. Dustin Johnson, Rory McIlroy. I mean, there are some heavy names here that aren't quite out of it yet. But it's going to, if, if Scotty can come back to the field a little bit, um, that's going to be interesting, but it is worth noting too, the, this finish that he's working on right now. And, and, you know, we're at the very, we're recording at the very end of the second round here, this 16, 17, 18 are very tough, very difficult par fours. So even on Sunday, yeah. you could have a little, yeah. you could have a little lead and, and you can make some, you can make some big mistakes coming in. So this isn't over by any means. It is a little worrisome as a fan though, having that guy up top where we haven't really seen him crumble. Yeah, a hundred percent. But I mean, yeah. we, like you said, we saw golfers who were on absolute tears Adam Scott yesterday, double bogeys 18. And yep. he was on a tear the whole day. And yeah, then yeah. come to 18. And it's a course that's like, yeah, you're, like we talked about it, but it's a course where one mistake or, or one mistake and you might just not be able to recover for a par. So like, yeah, you, you play the rest of the whole good, but that good is just going to be a bogey or a double bogey because that's just how this course is playing. But one name you mentioned there that absolutely petrifies me, a minus three round from Brooks Kepka, putting him at, at minus one on the, on, on, on the tournament. Like, Again, you said it like Scotty could have a fine day uh, tomorrow, even at even. And if Brooks puts together a minus three or minus four, he's only sitting a stroke back, two strokes back. Like again, people got to realize, and they said on the uh, on the broadcast, they're talking about the whole time. Round one was supposed to be the easiest the course was going to play the rest of the tournament. I know you say it might rain, so we got to keep an eye out for that. But this like Scott Scotty Scheffler could go even or minus one, and that's a great round. But if someone hits their groove or something, man, and goes minus three or four, that's how that's how this tournament's going to be defined for sure. Is who's going to chase him, and is Scotty just going to be able to have that push and march to the end? Because he can't just stay where he is; he has to go lower. I think. No, absolutely. No, I think so too. I, it's going to be. It is going to be interesting to see what the winning score is. Um, but there What's are your prediction. 
I mean, you I'm going to th- put a number out there. What do you yeah, think? Yeah, absolutely. I'll, I'll say it's good. The winner is going to be eight under. And right yeah, now he's I, at I six. Th- so I was thinking nine. I yeah. Was thinking nine, so eight, I nine under. Right I yeah. actually think, yeah. I think, I think the over under is set right now at eight and a half or it was on, for, on Thursday oh, night well, at eight and okay. a half. <laughs> so I'd like that even more. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, so we're kind of right on the, right on the edge of things. I, you okay. know, I do, yeah. I do like, well, now that Scotty's at six, it's hard to imagine for me that he won't keep climbing a little bit. Like he's just that good, but bit. we'll see, man. I'm excited, but there are a few names that we want to talk about. Eric Cole, obviously. So I saw about Eric Cole. He's, he's a youngster. He's kind of come onto the tour. He's a guy who's been grinding his tail off. I forget what tournament he was in the mix earlier this season. Um, but anyway, this guy, had a $25 bet on a Eric Cole first round leader paid like $11,000. And he, and obviously oh, there was, no, I know where this is going. <laughs> so he played 16 holes yesterday, had a one shot lead. He came out this morning, made a couple bogeys, no. fell out of the lead. So whoever, yeah. oh my, you, and you're thinking too, God. like two holes, you know, just get in with a couple pars. And I don't think I would have cashed that out. I don't think he did. So that's a tough, tough bet. Eric Cole, he shot four wow. over today. He's still minus one. He's still in the tournament. Michael Block. Yeah. This is the name, Justin. Yeah. Michael Block. He is, so obviously the PGA Championship, they bring in uh, course professionals from around the country that qualify. They play in the event. Michael Block is he was leading at one point this morning. He had a hosel shank on the back nine, kind of folded like a launcher, but he's in the mix, man. And, uh, you know, you got to give a shout out to a guy like Michael Block out of California. Pretty impressive stuff, eh? Dude, they were were doing an interview. Uh, They had a bunch of guys. They did interviews when they came down 14th fairway. When they were walking out 14th fairway, they threw an AirPod in their hand. Again, unreal move by PGA. Like, that's something they had to add to the entertainment. And they did a great job. And Block was talking. He was just talking about how the course is challenging and what he's saying to guys and, how he's learned to get comfortable beauty. This guy was awesome. Yeah, yeah. And just, again, not to just get off a little bit of PGA and then they it. like PGA does things like that. You get to like know the golfer just a touch more than normal. And you try to start to root for different guys. So it's awesome to see Michael block. And he was just chatting how like, Hey, it's his goal to, to one day win a tournament as much as he's just kind of here as club pro. And like people don't necessarily know his name, like an everyday golfer. That's his goal still. And he's just going to do what he can to do it. He, he, then he had a bunker shot following the interview, left it a little short, whatever, wake up the next day. And the guy's humming. Like there's just something unreal to see, man. Definitely, man. And, and you'd have to think too, like that's good for his business. He charges lessons oh, yeah. in California. He's a yeah, local does, club pro. Yeah. Like business is booming. Like yep. he's, he's got to like that, man. It's fun to see uh Roy McElroy guy in the mix. I mean, he shot, he was so obviously Rory with Rory, his wife is from Rochester. So he's, he's yep. immersed in that, you know, that area. He's got a lot of family at the event, a lot of extended family. Course. He's a member at the golf course. He hits two fairways yesterday, man. He's plus three. And you're thinking Rory is going to trunk slam. Like he's out of here. He rolls in this par pot dude. That was like, had no business going in. Then reams off two birdies, gets it in at 71 plus one. Today he's hanging on it at, at, at one over. This is a guy, he hasn't had his best stuff, but if he can find yep. something rolling, rocking and rolling here, Rory's a guy I think to look out for because he's due for a little charge here, man. And that's a guy I don't want lingering around if I'm Scheffler. Like if he starts to kind of climb into a yep. two, three under, four under in the next couple days, that's a guy that can really make a push. We've seen him charge on Sunday and there's nothing worse than Rory McIlroy posting a score at a major championship yeah. or at a big tournament. 100%. He's even part of today. He's sitting at plus one right now and he's going into that 17, 18th hole, which you talked about. I mean, if he could find a birdie and he's even even par, I think that's actually a very dangerous score. But even a plus one, again, we're talking about it's gonna if you're if you're anything around that minus two to plus one range, you need a minus three or four to, and you're back in it. 
and you're putting the pressure on him and you have a chance on Sunday. So that's the, that's what you got to look at for Rory. If you're, if you're keeping an eye on Rory, you're looking for minus three minus obviously anything bad, anything higher, anything better than that's better. No, don't get me wrong, but minus three, I think it's a number. If you can't, if he doesn't go three under, I don't, I don't just, I, I think this, it's not enough room just with Sunday left. Yeah. But again, I, I like Rory. I mean, like you say, finish that round in style today. Again, even par, that's not nothing wrong with even par on this course. And, it's not it's not normal, but man, these leaders could come back down to them or even just stay a minus seven. So absolutely. But uh yeah, great story for Rory. I think you but interesting, oh like don't you think like remember at the course, they have the practice rounds leading up and he, and that's how he starts. Like something's up with him in majors, man. Like you, you look at his scores in opening round of majors, it's like very well known and historic that he's just not good in the opening round. But this should be something that's it, I just don't understand how it happens on a course like this. Well, it's interesting because a guy like Rory, I mean, it's a, it's we're coming on a decade since he's won in a major, and we know how is good it, he is. You is know? it mental? Like, is it pressure? Hundred percent. This much experience and as a winner, you think it is? Hundred percent. It's uh, crazy. You got to yeah, br- yeah, you got to bring your but... stuff, and and you know, obviously, he he, he kind of goes about things differently. At the Masters, he was very vocal. He was doing his. He's kind of been yeah. the spokesperson for the PGA Tour. This week, one word answers. You know, he was talking about the stress in his life and, you know, how, you know, being the poster boy from the PGA Tour has been weighing on him. He sat down with Tiger, had some long yeah. talks. And yeah, I don't know. I mean, he's just trying everything a little bit differently. Like he's just, he's trying to find it, you know. And, and like I said, it's coming on a decade since this guy's won a major championship. Like, you know, vi- you know, I get this vibe though from Rory and I, a couple of guys too, but mostly Rory. Okay, in NBA, they talk about heat check, right? Like, guy gets hot, you keep giving him the ball. That they 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 have that factor to get in the zone, get hot. I don't not not many golfers are like this. Rory for me is one. 100%. Seems like he has to get on a roll to get like to be a contender. Like, yep. I know that sounds dumb. Everyone might say like, oh, well, they all need to get whatever. No, like Rory struggles until he kind of gets like his his like. I'm here. Like, let's go. Let's we're running now. You know what I mean? Like birdie after bird. Like, it seems like he's a guy who has to catch a, a quick flame, then he's in the tournament for the rest of the go. Yeah. But until he hits that flame, and that flame might not come till end of round two, end of round one, after nine holes, after 27, like whatever. Yep. But it seems like he needs whatever whatever thing in his mind to just be like, I'm grooving now, and he takes off, and he's a contender from there on out. But it's basically like, did he bury himself too much from when that flame hit is basically how you determine where he's going to finish your tournament. Yeah. That's the vibe I continue to get from him. Yeah, man, it's true, man. And that front nine on Thursday, hopefully that's not going to take him out of contention. But we're going to talk about the Canucks, man. Corey Connors right now sitting one back. A phenomenal opening round for Corey Connors. Taylor Pendrith right there at minus one. He's in ninth Let's place. Go. Adam Svensson in 12th place. So we've got three Canadians, which you just Let's love go. to see. And you got Hadwin a plus three as well in the top 25. So we got four Canucks. You know, doing oh, yeah. it for us, and, and you love to see that, man. So obviously, we'll be dialed into it. Uh, you know what? Before we move Connors. in, before we move into quarter two, dude, I, what the fuck was Tom Kim doing? <laughs> you must have saw that. Yeah, hundred percent. I was watching. Yeah, you were texting so, during it. Like, what the fuck was he doing? So, so okay. So they didn't have the like they didn't have him on the broadcast when he fell in, but I think they're on. One of the leaders, Adam Scott or something at the end of round one, and immediately came off Adam Scott. And all you see is Tom Kim covered in mud. Covered in mud. This so he had he went into the the, the river or little lake pond there. Yeah. To hit his shot or whatever. And he rolled his pant legs all the way up to his knees, right? So he had bare feet, no pant up to the uh, under the knee. And he came out of this pond just like you could you couldn't see his leg. 
He, it looked like he had long socks on. He was absolutely covered in mud. Then he goes back in to wash off his feet. Sits falls in the, on the river. Bank again. Yes. <laughs> but he falls okay. in the bank climbing into it or whatever. It's on his arms and everything. It's unbelievable. I don't know. They cleaned him up and everything. He took a little wash. He in the legit and everything. sat it's down insane. in the river like a bath. <laughs> like he was bathing in the in the river of the golf course. Like unbelievable, man. And I, I just don't I understand you, it. How many holes did he have left? Did you see? I didn't, yeah, he, I didn't, he, I, what he did was he took his shirt off, he threw a sweater on, and he played the rest <laughs> of the holes with the wet pants rolled up. The guy's got monstrous oh calves too, man. Oh, my God, man. What a legend. Yeah. Like, he, yeah, he's, he his legend just grows. Insane. He came onto the, the scene Insane. at the President's Cup, and, and, I mean, he's just such a lovable guy, man. Tom Kim doing it. He's not in contention. <laughs> I think he's going to miss the cup, but you just love to see that type of commitment from the guy. I mean, I love seeing it. Absolutely. Um, Electric. But no, so it's going to be a big weekend, and uh, we'll be following along. We'll be texting. We'll be in the chalkboard app. So, uh, oh, yeah. yeah, I mean, if, if we have, if you have a guy, who are you saying wins the uh, PJ Championship? So, I'm going to give my dark horse, right? Because we know obviously Scheffler's there, Connor's there. Yep. The name I'm liking, Justin Sue. Justin Sue. It's like he's minus he's minus two right now. Yep. And I think I think he's been dude round one round two. Super steady, solid, just similar to Scheffler. Little, similar to Scheffler. Little update: He's now minus three. I mean, what do you got? That wasn't. I didn't know that. Hey, that's what I'm saying. The belief it just yep. keeps on growing. Again, today, right now minus two, bogey free. Yep, bogey free. Round one, round one, one bogey. You know how many bo- how many bogeys does Scheffler have? One. This guy's playing the same kind of game. It's mistake free golf. And I I like him to get in the hunt and stay in the hunt till the end. Keep an eye on Justin Sue. I Who like it. Got? Well, I, I like that a lot because I gave him out as a best bet last week at the yeah. Byron Nelson, and he missed the cut. He slammed his Did trunk. You, this is was the, what, the remind me was the quote Sue is dead to me. Was that the was that what the quote? That's was, exactly what week? it was, man. And <laughs> and you know what? He's shoving it right up my hoop because he's pl- he's tied for four right now, and he's playing well. And and this is a guy he won the Corn Ferry Tour last year. He's got some uh, yeah. you know he's got some winning pedigree. So I don't mind that. Yeah, I'm looking at a couple guys here, man. And and I mean this this leaderboard is is really stocking up. But uh, you know what? Give me Rory. Give me Rory to end up winning yes, this golf tournament. I'm taking go. Rory McIlroy. And obviously, too, like you, we could go with the chalk and say that Scheffler's going to win. We got Hovland at two back, too. We haven't even mentioned Hovland. Is this Hovland's time to get it done? But it's going to be exciting, man. Obviously, with a golf course like this, anything can happen. Yeah. Yeah. Going to be phenomenal. Let's move into quarter two here, Justin. We got to talk about the NHL because there's been a lot going on, obviously with Arizona and Toronto and the conference finals. Let's start things off with Brendan Shanahan's conference press conference today. He comes out very odd situation here, but Kyle Dubas will not be returning to the Toronto Maple Leafs next season and be their general manager. That yeah. position will now be vacant. They will be in search for the new next general manager for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Very odd situation, though. It didn't sound like Shanahan was initially going to fire him. It sounded like you wanted them back. And then anyway, did you hear the comments? Did you hear a little bit of the presser? Because it was a very odd situation. Yeah. I saw a lot of like Sean, Shannon was talking a lot more. I want to say not coy in a way, but definitely wasn't the stereotypical firing of a GM we've seen in years past. Um, my question to you is from, are you getting the vibe that it's more, it was more of, Obviously, pressure from above in the media is obviously a factor in Toronto. It always has been. It's not purely Shanahan's decision, but 
also a little bit in Shanahan's best interest for his own job job security to get rid of Dubis, and that kind of played a factor. More than them truly believing Dubis wasn't the a, a great GM or wasn't a good GM that fits that job. Like, I, this didn't really seem like a unanimous right decision that everyone was waiting for. I know there's Leafs fans that were kind of shouting for the the whole place to be taken down, but I don't. I, it wasn't a unanimous thing that everyone was believing Dubis had to go especially people kind of understanding the game and seeing the moves that he made. A lot of people felt that Dubas is one of the better GMs in the, in the league. I think he's going to get scooped up quick, but Shanahan wasn't kind of selling me on the fact that this is the best move for the Leafs future at all. Yeah. It was very odd, man. Like he came out and he said that they had every intention of re-signing him. And then Dubas yep. after his interview was like, you know, my family's under a lot of pressure. I'm not sure if I want to be the GM of the Toronto Maple Leafs. And then I guess, you know, in the, in the last couple of days, Wednesday and Thursday, they were in discussions, they had some meetings, and then Dubas's agent sent a new financial package to Shanahan. He said, you know what? We're done here. So I don't know. I, I Obviously, that's what they can come out and say, and that's what Shanahan could say. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I, I I don't agree with the situation here. I like Dubas, and I thought he did a lot of great things. Yeah. Uh, like you said, I, you know, I think he is going to take a year off. That's what he said initially, too, during his press conference, that if it's not in Toronto, he will not be working next year. I can't imagine the toll that that would take on somebody being the general manager of the Toronto Maple Leafs. It's a lot. I mean, you could see it during the playoffs, the emotion that he shows and the swings and the ups and downs. He was yeah. grabbing at his heart, you know, after the, some celebrations and it's just yeah. a stressful gig, man. Um, but you know what? It, it, in the end, I mean, uh, I, 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 like how much accountability is Brandon Shanahan going to take here? Like how long has that guy been at the helm? Like how long, you know, you know, I'm sure that he has a lot of his fingerprints on a lot of the moves that Dubas is, uh, uh, you know, making and, uh, you know, gives the go ahead with some of the moves that he made. Like how long, how secure is, is Shanahan in this whole process? And, and I, another thing yeah. I want to know too, Justin, is that for Leafs fans and, you know, obviously who might be celebrating this move, you know, in the, at the end of the day, you know, either Carolina, Florida, Vegas, or Dallas are going to win the cup. Those three other franchises are going to be monumentally more disappointed than you are this season because because uh, yeah. lo the longer you go and don't get it done, it sucks. Only one yeah. team gets to hoist the cup. I mean, I remember, remember I remember the Bruins in 2019 getting to the final, getting the game seven and final at home. They lose. It, it's you know, it's celebrated because you got a lot of playoff hockey to watch, but you have nothing to show for it. So if you don't get yeah. it done, like it's not a huge failure. Like you have a great team there. Obviously there does need to be some change, but I, I think they went with the wrong one, but you know what? It, it's going to be interesting. Are there any names? Like I, I can't even really think of at the top of my head, which direction these, this team might go with the general manager. Well, uh, first things first, just quickly on Dubas here quick. I, I want to take, get your take on this. Yep. There's two teams that need a GM. So Calgary's got an interim GM right now. True. And Penguins are completely Ooh. vacant. So you, like, is this something where Dubas is saying to himself, <laughs> it's it's not like if I leave Toronto, the only options here for me are Arizona or like yeah. a San Jose and a re like he's does he see himself in a situation where he could kind of have a, a retool of a situation? He's already contending again and now it's not in Toronto with all the pressure and heat that he gets from being in Toronto. Like I don't know that that's not like I don't rule them out getting hired quick, no? No, for sure. And I think it'll it'll ultimately be up to Kyle Dubas because, like you said, like he, uh, it, we can take that for what it's worth. It was a day after they had lost, and he said that he's not going to work yeah, if it's not with Toronto. Exactly. But, yeah, a team like Pittsburgh, I mean... I mean, that's what exactly what they're looking for. This guy's been, you know, playing, you know, you know, playing jump rope on the cap for the last five years. That's exactly what the Pittsburgh Penguins need because they're up against the cap. They need a guy who could juggle, can really, you know, play around with the puzzle of a hockey team and 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 make yep. them a contender when they have the window. And 
I mean, they, they could definitely turn that Pittsburgh boat around quickly with Kyle Dubas. Be interesting to see if they bring Brandon Pridham, his right-hand man, who's the kind of the cap junkie who, who just deals with all the money, deals with all the moves, just makes sure that everything's buttoned up tightly in, in regard to the cap. But I don't mind that, man. I don't mind Pittsburgh at all. I mean, we'll see what happens. But yeah, he's going to get offers, man. He's an incredible GM. Like, 100%. his body of work is 100%. great, man. Yeah. I agree. I agree. But um, in terms of who the Toronto, Toronto might go with, um, for, okay, first of all, I saw Jason Spezza. He was getting mentored by uh, Dubas there. He was scouting <laughs> and stuff like that. Former, former, obviously, NHL player, which is the prototype for uh, NHL GMs. Almost all of them are former players, but I don't see that happening. I don't, I don't see Shanahan with, obviously, the situation of his job, security, all that, putting his next decision being an inexperienced GM. I think he's got to no. be an older guy. 100%. I think, like, yep. again, Trotz is there. I think Trotz, I, I don't know what the decision making is left with him, but with his, like, again, you talk about body of work. This guy is. He got hired in Nashville. Remember? Oh, it's done. He, yeah, he's. Man, he, took a, a miss, he took a, man. He took a, he took a management a role in Nashville, which is man, odd because is, I know. What, but what are you waiting for with a guy like that? Why is that? Like, you talk about going all in and, and, and like, making it for players and all this. Man, that's a guy, like, I don't know how the Leafs don't make this decision early. Like, what? If you're not going to change the roster, how like a head coach or GM, like something like that happens sooner. But I don't know. But either way, it's got to be a guy with experience like, like in that kind of nature. He's got to have a body of work that you agree with, and he's got the tendencies and and traits that if you're looking for big moves, go get a guy that's done the big moves in the past. If you yeah. have, if if you want a guy that is unbelievable through the draft and is really good at building and and creating prospects and using those prospects to add talent and trades, like go get it. Like they're able to do these things, and not everyone like realizes that with GMs. GMs have tendencies. Go find the guy with the tendency you want to do. It, it, it can't be another experiment. You got to go for someone who's been there before. It's got to be no a resume. Time. I agree. It's got to be a resume. Guy like Brian Burke is Brian is Berkey a guy? I think they have just left Pittsburgh, didn't they? Just got fired out of Pittsburgh. Yeah, Berkey. Yeah. Uh, we'll see. It's going to be interesting, man. There's and obviously you think that uh, that Sheldon Keith's gone as well. I mean, like, oh yeah, know, when, I, th- when the, I think so. Yeah, when you bring in a general manager, they want their guy. Uh, you know, coaching the team, and and obviously Sheldon Keith was Kyle Dubas's guy, and. It's unfortunate, but there's going to be some there's going to be some massive moves. But you have to think it's going to be in the next few days because we get the draft yep. two weeks away, three weeks away, and they've got to start signing guys. And if they got to make a move, if they're going to trade one of the big four guys, it's got to be before July first because that's when all of those no move clauses kick in. So if they if they want to trade Marner or Matthews or Nylander, it's got to be before July first. So you got to think a new yeah, GM. Yeah. I know it's going to be huh. like if you're if you're like, can you imagine? It's true. You imagine rolling in, just getting hired. You would have to stuff your nutsack in a wheelbarrow walking in to the dressing room and saying, what? you're gone. <laughs> what would the reaction be from the Leafs fan base if, like, Shanahan hired again, like a uh, older veteran GM? Brian and Burke, first, and he comes in, he yeah, just gasses he, Matthews. There goes Marner. Yeah, Matthews <laughs> and Marner. Like, like, both, like, you know what I mean? Like, something yeah. crazy like that, and he just trades for, like, other kind of stars, but more depth stars. You know what I mean? Like, he just yeah. makes it. Huge decision like that or something like that. That'd be an absolute lunatic. I think the city would want him fired after two weeks of being on the job. Oh, man. It'd be wild. It would be wild to see the return for a guy like Austin Matthews or Mitch Marner. It would be absolutely wild. Dude, but, but again, it's all the, it's, it's the talk. Yeah, it's so busy in the NHL. Do we really think, like, what do you think? Come on. Do, like, do you think one of the four are getting traded? What do you, what, what's your take? If I had to throw a percentage on it, I'll throw it at yeah. 51%. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I think you're at a 50. You think you're, you're 
leaning towards one of them being traded. Then, yeah, I am. Yeah, wow. I think that I, so we're talking. We're talking Tavares, Nylander, Marner, and Matthews. Yep. Wow. Do you have a percentage on each one, or which one are you? Which one do you think is most likely? I think it's got to be Matthews or Marner. I think they're going to move wow. on from one of them. Yeah. Wow. Um. Yeah, there the you prim- go. The perimeter princesses, man. I think, <laughs> I, I think, uh, but but again, too, like to move on like, from a guy like Marner or Matthews, it's kind of like um, in, in Florida, like, okay, Matthew Kachak requested a trade. Boom, let's hop on it here. We got Huberto for you. We got Uyghur for you. Like, it's almost like you got to know what guy's available or else you got to be on the phone yeah. and just, you know, because as soon as Kachak was available, boom, anybody's up anybody's free and look what that's done for them. So we'll see what happens, man. I I don't know. I I don't think they're any, they're untouchable by any means. Uh, It sounds like they both want to stay. It sounds like they both want to play out their contracts, but are you really going to, are you going to take the risk on you losing in the first round or second round next year? And Matthews being a UFA, Like to me, that seems like a bigger risk. It's a bigger risk than, than what, what you might get for them, or if it's draft picks or prospects, there's bigger risk than that. Marner's a 99 point play, not over 90 points multiple times. He's only 26. Yeah, and that's a superstar. Absolutely, and he's just ineffective in the playoffs. He's on the side of he's on the side of a he's on the side of a milk carton, like Wayne Gretzky said. That's the (laughs) (laughs) that hey, but you know what? That's the reason it's such a compelling topic and such. It it seems like it's such an anomaly of a situation. It's almost like there's no right answer, man. No, hundred percent, hundred percent, and that's and that's what this new GM is going to have to deal with. Yeah, but listen, good luck, good luck. Best of luck to the next Leafs GM. But let's move into this Arizona situation <laughs> <laughs> before uh, you know we hop into uh, these 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 conference final series. So the Arizona Coyotes. I I'm just going to start this off by saying, why does Gary Bettman love this this city, love this state? Like, why like why is he so obsessed over the idea of having a team here? This rink that I'm they sorry. proposed was just declined by the voters. They're they're yeah. they're, going, they're going to go back to the Arizona State rink next year. Like, yep. isn't this just a prime candidate to be like, okay, listen, we've got markets all over North America that are hungry for a hockey team that we know have proven to you know that can handle it. This team has yep. been an absolute laughing stock for the last five ten years. Like, let's get them the fuck out of here. I'm starting to lean the other way, Greg. I don't think he wants it to be in Arizona. I think his love affair is absolutely shattered. I think that this was. I think this is a gift for him. I think his love affair for Arizona has now been flipped into Houston. He's rattled. I think he's. Okay. Ins- I think. I think he's. He, he's. He has. He's been with Arizona. He's been there for a while. It wasn't exactly what he thought. He's got his eyes on a new. Uh, a new lady now. Yeah, yeah. And it's Houston. Okay. And I think he wants out of Arizona, and I think this this vote was absolutely perfect for him. And you know what? I mean, I'm not going to get skeptical. It was that. Anything. It was that. Te- it was the breakup text. It was yeah. sorry. Yeah. We're done here. Yeah. And he's pissed, but he's moving yeah. on quickly. On and the you know side, what? he's been he's been swiping a little bit. He's been kind of doing his due diligence. <laughs> he's been checking out the field. I see what you're saying here. I see what you're saying. And, and I, I, you know what? I is it crazy to say? I don't want to get into this, but funny business going on with that vote. Was it best for business that that vote didn't didn't wasn't a yes for his city of Arizona? Uh, I mean, I have no idea. I have no idea. I don't even know who was voting. <laughs> and, but and, and council we're, members, we're talking, about, we're talking about. So the city of Arizona didn't want a multi-sport, top of the line sportsplex. That's that's what they voted no to. Yeah. Why? Why they? Why would they vote no to that? Yeah. Or, or they don't want a pro hockey team. That many. That percentage of Arizona didn't want a pro hockey team. They felt that serious about it. Or. Yeah. Is it best for business to get out of Arizona without just pulling a team out and looking like a villain? 
And now we're going to Houston to make the big bucks because they see that that's the better market. Yeah, I mean, you might be right for sure, but it just seems like that Gary Bettman has done everything in his power to keep yes, that team there yes. um, yeah. for a long time. And I'm not sure you know, what was going on there, but it does sound like this team will stay in Arizona at least for next year. But yeah. there's been a lot of uproar. Like Clayton Keller's dad was on Twitter going like, Clayton's not showing up if they're playing into this college drink again. Like it's a joke. It's an absolute joke that an NHL team is playing in a 5,000, a 4,600 seat arena. Like I know, I've got a friend of the show. He's saying it's like playing in the queue. Like you joke, you, not, it's like playing in the QMJHL again. And they're not even losing ticket sales by doing it. That's the craziest thing right now. Like yeah. I don't know, I don't know why anyone wants to be there. I mean, again, thank God Bedard didn't that that wasn't the lottery. Um, but Clint Keller, I don't blame him. No, He's better man. off on a way better market. 100%. Why would you report? Why would you not demand the trade? Hundred percent. Why would you not? Twenty five year old, eighty six points last year. He's the best player on the team. He's like, I'm not playing here. He served his time. He's been yeah. there for a little while now. Yeah, yeah. Like I want to go be a person. Like I'll be a person. Like I'm sure in Arizona that those players walk around. Like well, yeah. they probably do damage on the Arizona State University campus. <laughs> I'm not gonna. I'm not. I won't dive into that. I mean, I'm sure they do well there. But just in regard to the big picture, like they're probably not a huge celebrity yeah. in some of the markets, and maybe some players want that. Maybe a guy like Clayton Colors ready for Montreal or Toronto, or maybe not to that extent. But they're maybe they're ready to be an NHL pro in a city that cares about hockey. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. Like, you know, you're the laughing stock. Like you're you're playing in a college arena. Like, you, there's no way you feel like an NHL pro, like you said, by doing that. They, and this is going to be the problem. As long as they stay in Arizona without a rank, you're not going to get a f- single free agent, that unless it's his only choice to stay in the big leagues, yeah. and you're not going to have any legitimate prospect who can't has the ability to request a trade because he's good enough. Stay there. No yeah. chance. Uh, it's, it's, so, I mean, I don't know where you go with this. Until you get a new rink, which has now been decided, they don't want a new rink. How? The, what scenario do they stay in Arizona? It's. I mean, I don't see one. I don't see one, especially too with players starting to come out and and really just the optics of it are horrid. They're horrid because you're not and and they're not. We already seen this for so long. They can't. They like. I know they they just were in the conference finals. Like again, kind of recently. Maybe? Yeah. Yeah. Again, yeah. kind of recently, yeah. but it's been plenty. Plenty of time now to prove it's not working anymore, man. And it's not going to work. Yeah. No, absolutely. But you know what's exciting is that if they do get moved, that there will be a lot of cities thrown around. And yeah. it could be fun. It could be content for us. So we'll see what happens. That is going to yep. be a topic that's not going anywhere. So I'm sure we'll have more information come out in the next few weeks. Yep. I'm sure more players off that team will come out and be like, I'm not, I don't want to play here. Yeah. And, and for good reason. You're looking yeah. at you're looking at markets all around the league, and 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 they're doing well. The NHL's in a healthy place, but then you've got to go, and everyone thinks it's a joke. Every you get clowned on by everyone. So mm-hmm. let's move in to the conference finals here because we got a little bit of breakdown here in Game Seven. Obviously, Dallas goes in, uh, or Seattle goes into Dallas. They lose. I'm not sure if anybody knows that uh, we are giving out a Wyatt Johnston uh, anytime goal bet, uh, the 20 year old, but he goes and he gets the game winner in Game Seven. Um, Dallas is, is on to the conference finals. Game one will go tonight uh, versus the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, and obviously we had, uh, we were on either side. The predictions, did you write those down for uh, for Florida, Carolina? Were you on Carolina? I was on Florida. Yep, that's yep. right. Yep. Yes, sir. 
So let's just get in right into it. Florida, Carolina, game one, obviously in Carolina. Uh, Carolina gets a bit of a fluky five on three. I didn't know if I agreed with both the calls, but the uh, yeah. youngster Seth Jarvis scores at the end of the first. Florida takes a 2-1 lead in the second. Carolina ties it up in the third. And then they just decide to play another game in a period. Uh, they play <laughs> three overtimes and 19 minutes and 47 seconds of a fourth overtime before Guess who? Matthew Kachuk finds the back of the net. He wins it. His celebration, complete milk. Tells the whole team, "Let's go right to the room," and uh, and they jog off the ice. And they're uh, they're they're feeling pretty good, man. They're up one zero in Carolina. That's a big one to get. You could see by Paul Maurice how far up it was. Game one on the road is a big one to get, Justin. Massive against a team like Carolina, who's obviously been on their own kind of roll. Uh, took care of New Jersey pretty soundly. Yeah, pretty impressive here. Pretty impressive. And, and another one, Matthew Kachuk, you said it, got the uh, OT winner, second one of the playoffs. How about the most goals in a single playoff run is is three? And it was Maurice Richard and Corey Perry are the only two Come players on. that have three. Okay. Only two players have three. Kind of insane that yeah. Corey Perry is the only name beside Maurice Richard, <laughs> but good for him. Good for him. But, uh, yeah, Kachuk's been that guy for Florida. Corey Perry, um, sneaky. Not enough love for his career just because he's such 100%. a slime ball, but go ahead. <laughs> 100%. And, um, but there's one name. There's one name, and it's Sergei Bobrovsky. And we talked about it at the beginning of the playoffs. Yep. Even though we said that he might be the reason they win one or two games against Boston, and we didn't exactly say that he could pull them all the way to the conference finals, but we had that idea of. He's a guy who could step up in the playoffs, and he's more than proven it. But 50 saves multiple times already. It's insane how this guy's able to just turn it on and look like the best goalie in the NHL. Man. Like it's, it's, it's what they needed, and it's what they needed. I don't know what's going on with that guy because he'll play some seasons where he is a dumpster fire of a goaltender. Like he he won't even start. Like this year, they're like, what are we like Spencer Knight? Obviously, unfortunately, he had to go into the the the, the rehab program, and then you got this yeah. Alex Lyon kid who nobody's ever heard of. He's playing games because he they just need, you can't trust Bobrovsky. This guy's won two him. Vesnas, and now he's Ly- the Vesna winner. Like he's Ly- unbelievable. It's like where Lyon does this was come the best from? Goalie, I know. Lyon was the best goalie down the stretch coming into playoffs. We yeah. said we said you have to start Lyon game one, but we could see Bobrovsky stepping up. Yep, and then Bobrovsky goes. Oh, doesn't matter what it, he goes. You just pay me ten million dollars for eighty-two games of regular season. Don't list. Don't care what I do, but wait for playoffs and I'll show yeah. up. It's literally what he did. It's insane. And like you said, you already mentioned the Vesnas. Only goalies with multiple Vesnas active in the NHL. Sergey Bobrovsky. That's it. He's the two only Vesnas. one. Yeah, yeah. That two, I mean, he's the only active goalie with two Vesnas. I mean, like this... this guy. It's one of the most uh, roller coaster. Hall of Fame career ever? If he if he gets a cup, maybe he's a Hall of Famer, I guess. But I think if he just, gets a cup, he's in. I yeah, think if they win the Stanley Cup this year, Florida wins the Cup this year, Sergey Bobrovsky, Hall of Famer. I mean, this guy has tried on every flat brim that Florida has to offer. <laughs> I mean, this guy's sitting on the end of the bench for the last three years, and now it's just like, nah, you know what? I'm the best player on the planet. I'm the best goaltender on the planet. Like, it's unbelievable, dude. Really his is. golf his golf game has to be absolutely oh. dialed since coming to Florida. Have you seen him during like commercial breaks and stuff too? He does that meditation, man. Like those Russians, I, I don't understand it. Crazy. He's on the Crazy. gas. There's no question about it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh yeah, but again, Carolina uh just such a solid team all regular season and even in this playoffs so far, like they showed no signs of slowing down. 
I mean, maybe me picking them to win the series is the reason they're going to slow down. We'll see. That's kind of what it's been. But again, no, Freddie Anderson lights out too. You can't, you can't no. ignore that. Yeah, like Freddie played phenomenal played. as well. Yeah, and, and this series is far from over. Oh we gosh, know that. But like, yep. it's it's this again. I wasn't too thrilled about the teams that were in the conference final. More maybe from a fandom and a traditional sense. But these are this is going to be an electric series. This is two super super hot goalies, absolute uh, dialed in. Six-man systems, every line that's on the ice, play a super steady, solid game. Well-coached teams. And this is going to be a battle, man. Huh. I, like, I don't I don't, I don't, don't see this becoming like this was a fluke OT game and we're going to see some blowouts. Yeah, we're going to see some two, maybe three-goal gaps, but they won't be like blowout games. They'll be tight, tight games, man. Yeah, this is going to be an unbelievable series. And I think this is going to be even more so a little bit tighter than maybe some of the games that we see in the other series, which we'll get into. Yep. I think that there could be a few lopsided ones just in just in terms of, you know, one team's feeling it that night. Like, I really think yeah. that these two teams have proven that they should be here, that are on just heaters. They play really good, well-coached hockey, and, and it's going to be a bloodbath. I mean, if you weren't interested in, in these series before last night, I think it kind of got everyone's attention. It's like, okay, you know, we got some hockey to be played here. Let's refocus here. We're, we've wiped our tears away that there's no Edmonton, there's no Toronto. There's going to yeah. be some good hockey played, and 100%. they definitely showed it. Any any yeah. waiver, like, I mean, I, I, it's really hard to make a, a, you know, off a four-overtime game, I think all we can really read is it's going to be a hell of a series. Yeah, I mean, what are we talking about? Like, it's it's one bounce goes the the other way, and it's the game over, right? In four periods of hockey, which is lunatic. How about uh, Montour played fifty fifty six minutes? Played a hockey. full game, just a full game, yeah, sixty how minutes. About, almost. How about that was like? How, I don't don't quote me on this exact number, but it was like eighth all time for, yep. for minutes in a single game. It wasn't even number one, but um, last such, thing I got him such a monster, insane. He's Go been ahead. unreal. Great great piece for uh, Florida. Good thing my Sabers traded him. Anyways, <laughs> um. Got to bring it up. The Stahl brothers. Obviously, I'm from born and raised Thunder Bay. They're my heroes growing up. They really are. Like, they the guys that when you were playing hockey growing up in Thunder Bay, Ontario, they were dominating the NHL. Eric was captain of Carolina after they won the cup there. He was scoring a bunch of goals. Jordan was in Pittsburgh, won a cup there. Mark was a steady D-man with the Rangers growing up there, uh, uh, being super solid there, being a They're the face of hockey like in Thunder Bay. They got to be. They really were. They yeah. really were. And now, like, seeing them, again, even not from Thunder Bay, just what a comp- story man all of them the same brothers. series so cool unreal and and eric is playing on florida he was the captain of carolina jordan came there played with his brother he became the captain when they left brindamore 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 the coach of carolina won the cup with carolina when eric was, was on the, the team stud that scored like 45 <laughs> goals like just so many uh connections with those three so just wanted to bring it up it's super cool to see them at an older age still competing for the championship and Jordan's more of a contributor in Mark than Eric is right now, but still big role. I mean, you can't, when you're, when you're the conference finals or the cup finals, third and fourth line guys are massive for these teams. Cause that depth is something huge, but <laughs> how to bring it up really compelling story to see three brothers play in uh conference finals against each other. I don't want to bring this up and I don't want to be disrespectful. But what happened to the fourth brother? Yeah. So Jared, so Jared was a, Late first round, second round pick, I want to say. So the first three were top five picks. Jared was the youngest of the bunch. Played a lot of time in the A. He kind of got, he was with the Carolina organization. He got called up to the NHL, kind of end of the season stuff. But he just never, 
Asian, broke through. Asian wasn't. Yeah, I mean, we're still talking about NHL caliber yeah. hockey players. It's not every day, but for sure, I know. Yeah, the, the Jared just didn't have the. Uh, It'd be tough around the dinner through. table. Yeah, It'd be tough around the dinner through. table, for Jared. It'd be tough around the yeah, dinner table yeah. for Jared. You He's, know, he might, he might he might be the last one to reach for the for the boneless wing. Hundred percent dinner table. So yeah. I mean, what are you gonna do? Yeah, but yeah, hey. is what it is. But again, longer career in the HL. Uh, yeah. Just didn't break through. Three brothers, absolute horses out there. What Legendary family, man, unbelievable. Yeah. Let's get into it here. Let's preview this series quickly here. Obviously, the Dallas Stars uh, moving on from and beat Seattle, who had a great playoff run. They're going to take on the Las Vegas Golden Knights. We haven't given our season our series prediction. We'll get a good idea of what the pace of that hockey is going to be tonight. I think it's going to be a phenomenal series ahead. I'm taking the Dallas Stars in seven games in this one. Who do you like? What do you What do you lean in here, Justin? So. Again, I've just been so wrong throughout this entire playoffs. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna do this. I'm I was leaning Dallas in six or seven. Give me Vegas in six. Okay. Give me Vegas in six. All right. I've been wrong the entire way. No, you so haven't. Gonna, You've had I'm some wins. Trust that. No, you're right. But you know what? For the most part, I think what I'm seeing out of Dallas is I'm trust. I'm, I'm and let's I'm be completely honest too. In your defense, it has not gone. The way no, anybody I mean, has saw. You're right, no, you're right. You're right. But yeah. but you know what I'm doing? I'm underestimating Aiden Hill. I'm under. That's what was the deciding factor for me was Vegas goaltending. Yeah. But again, what for no reason? And that, that's a good thing to take note of. Aiden Hill, as as much as he is uh, not been a stalemate in the NHL the last two years or so, and hasn't been a uh, obviously high end goalie, he had no reason to concern you in the first two rounds playing against the best offense in the league. Jack Eichel, Mark Stone are debatably the two biggest superstars in the, in this uh, uh, conference finals, even Petriangelo is an absolute uh, top 10 D men in the league still. So more I talk about it now. Yeah. Vegas is a team where I see a ton of depth. Uh, like this, we said, those OG guys have been stepping up in the last two uh, rounds with Carlson, Marshall, uh Smith. And I think they're a well coached team defensively with Cassidy, who, who you, again, you saw it in Boston all time. I think he's a guy that, is a little bit on a redemption himself getting fired last season and coming into this Vegas team who's been begging to get over the hump. Um, and they were kind of close all these years without Eichel. And now you had a guy like that. I, I see Brassois, uh, Logan Thompson starting to skate again. He might be back in the midway through the series. So, no, you, yeah, you know, I feel pretty confident, but I actually like that. I'm going to take Vegas Golden Knights in uh, six games. I love it. I love it. So we're on either side of this series. Obviously, we'll get a little bit more content as we uh, as we get this series to unfold and as we get game one tonight. Um, are you ready for a little halftime show, Justin? Can I say one thing? Get into it. Rory McIlroy, birdie on 18. He's even par. Let's go. Let's, Let's go. Rory. Come on now. That's what it's about. Anyone who's listening to this out of context, maybe they're a little late to the show. It's PGA Championship live. Rory just finished round two. He's even par. Birdied 18. After two rounds, he's even par. It's got, that's got him ninth. It's got him 12. It's got him tied for 12. Scotty Scheffler update. Bogey's 18. Now, this, now tied with Corey Connors at minus five in the lead. And Bryson DeChambeau has got it back to even par on the day. Minus four for the event. Brooks Kepka finishes minus four on the day. Minus two. Tied for six. We have ourselves a weekend, ladies and gentlemen, of golf watching. Absolutely wow. electric. Let's go. Round three and four, man. This is what we wanted. An absolutely electric major PGA champion. Okay, halftime show. Here we go. Let's go. Okay, halftime show. I'm starting things off with you. I'm going to go three athletes here. We're going to say yeah. who were who makes more money? 
Who makes more money, Justin? Is it Hunter Henry or LaMelo Ball? It's got to be LaMelo Ball. I know he's on a rookie deal, but that NBA contract. Hunter Henry no. makes more money than LaMelo Ball. Belichick, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> oh Who makes more money, Justin? Connor McDavid or Doug McDermott? It's Doug McDermott. He's actually a pretty solid role player in the NBA. Come on, tell me I'm right. It's Dougie McDermott. Okay, yeah. let's go. Dougie's making, I think, like 17 million bucks a year. Dude, the best <laughs> athlete we've ever seen in the NHL. Come on, man. Come who, on. who makes more money, Justin? Kyler Murray or Garrett Cole? Oh, wow. It's. I hope it's Garrett Cole. It's Kyler Murray. No. 46 man. million a year. Oh, I knew it was that high. I figured <laughs> Cole was. Cole's making 36. Yeah. Guy's going to win the uh, Cy Young. He's up. He's having a good year so far. Great year. All right. All right, Greg, turn to you now. Yep. Mine, per year basis, I got the number, so I'll be able to tell the, to the people after what they're thinking. But here we go. Yep. Who makes more money, Nate Dog McKinnon or Jay Crowder? Again, you got to lean to the NBA. What's Nate Mack making? 12-6. Twelve, six, I think he's making. I'll go with Jay Crowder. Jay Crowder's at 9.7 and wow. Nate Dogg's 12.6. The Nate Dogg. Let's go, Nate Dogg. I, ain't I love it. Wow, okay. I love it. All right. Let's go for the big dogs. Who makes more money, Mahomes or Aaron Judge? It's Mahomes. What's Judge making 40 and Mahomes is making 45 or 50? Greg, the GM, on his contracts on the dot, it's Mahomes with those exact <laughs> numbers. Okay. All right, last one. Justin Verlander Ooh. or Harry Kane. Wow. I like it. time in goals for Premier League ever. Gosh, I can't remember the contract that Verlander signed in New York. I'm just going to go with Harry Kane. Justin Verlander with $43 million a year. Harry Kane is only making 12-9, and he's going to be the all-time leading goal no scorer. No shot! How insane is that? Soccer, get your contracts up. No shot. Okay. Well, I, Verlander. How about a... You want to talk about a little work for the pod? I had to convert pounds to U.S. dollars for this <laughs> I love it, man. I love it, okay. dude. That's unbelievable. That's gonna be good. Yeah. Good. That's gonna be good for the uh, for the socials. That's a fun one there. Yeah, that's a good one. I mean, it just shows there's some discrepancies, man, in some of these leagues and stuff. I mean, not in a bad way, but because they produce so much revenue. But MLB and NBA making the bank. Oh, man, it's crazy. All right, folks, we are moving in to quarter three. We've got some NBA to talk about. We're starting things off with the guard for the Memphis Grizzlies, John Morant. Um, an interesting situation this week. So we remember John Morant. Uh, earlier this year, he suspended eight games for waving around a handgun in a Denver uh, strip club, late night club. And previous to that, he was charged or he was accused of, there hasn't been any, any legal proceedings with this, but with uh, showing a gun uh, to a high school basketball player who was playing a pickup game at his house, kind of threw the ball at him. Now he's on Instagram live last weekend, buddy of his, they're just driving around and he flashes the camera to jaw and jaw. Once again, has a handgun waving it around. Um, the NBA is obviously very disappointed. Uh, John Morant came out after his eight-game suspension. He was very apologetic, uh, said that he had learned from it. Um, there's been there's a few different sides to this. J.J. Redick had a fantastic take. Yeah, I was going to bring um, that up, yeah. And it's, it's, 
it's a big it's a big challenge here. There's a lot of different angles we can look at this for. From it sounds like he's going to be suspended, and it's going to be a lengthy one. Um, obviously, if you get suspended for eight games, have to go to counseling and then do the exact same thing. Um, I would argue that this one's maybe a little even bit worse because you're just driving around with a friend. You're not in a you know a club where you know who knows what goes down. But again, the issue here is he's not breaking any laws. But I think. On the flip side is that you work and are under contract for an organization who, you know, has, you know, different guidelines and different conduct yeah, expectations. Yeah, clearly it's a breach in, in the NBA's code of conduct. Yes. For sure. That's what this is. And sure. I think that that's where J.J. Redick was a little bit wrong by the saying, he went yeah. on the big ramp by saying, okay, he's not breaking any laws, so why are we dropping the hammer? Well, we're dropping the hammer because you're, you know, one of the rising stars in the Basketball Association. And I think, you know, guns is a very sensitive issue. It's a very sensitive topic. And with all of the mass shootings that go on in the United States, all of the killings, all of the, you know, you know it's a big divide in, in views on guns in the United States. And I think it's just something that you don't want to be involved in. Um, and nothing really gets done about it. But John Morant, it was clear the first time that you can't be waving guns around on camera in public and you do it again. I expect the hammer to be laid down. Justin, how are you feeling about this whole situation? Yeah, it's, it's definitely something where there's a couple different ways to look at it. Um, I think the, okay. So the two ways I look at it is this one is the one where, yeah, JJ Reddick saying that basically the theory of there's worse things going on in the world. So like, I mean, of course, that's a, you get that, and I and yeah, he's John Moran's young, and you know what? I'm even more inclined to be more, not sympathetic because it's not it's just dumb decisions, really dumb decisions. But I guess the the term I'm trying to think of is um, concern that maybe there's something more going on than just him blatantly trying to make dumb decisions. Like you know what I mean? Like a, hopefully he gets help to yes. figure out the next step. I'm more inclined to hope that he could set the uh, record straight or set his ship uh, back on the right course is what I'm saying. Yep. But the second part of it is JJ. It's not like for Redick. It's not about the loss. It's about the tens of hunt. No, no hundreds of millions of kids and young teens who have unbelievable access to these NBA players nowadays. And that's what the NBA wants. Cause th that helps them with the growth of the game. Yep. So, who see this and want to be these guys and genuinely want to be these guys in every way. And they, they want to mock them because they want to be like MJ. Well, now they want to be like LeBron. They want to be like Morant with they're from Memphis. They want to do the things, uh, uh, yeah, uh, Morant does every day. And they want to be like him in every way. He's the NBA superstar leader of their team. Okay. But this is something you can't have being an influence on kids, let alone the NBA can't have, this happened, these kids see it happen, and nothing happens to to Morant with this situation. You can't have him doing this, and it's just it's a no-issue situation because now there's nothing saying to anybody, especially, again, the youth that follow the NBA at such a high level, okay, this is not the way to conduct yourself because if you don't punish him, you can't send that message. Plain and simple, you can't send that message. So... That's where I think it gets tougher is you you just can't have these young kids who idolize these NBA players thinking that this is something that 
uh, they want to be doing or anything like that. So I think that's the big thing in, in why this is in the NBA's code of conduct. <clears throat> um, let alone just fan base sponsorships. That's different things. You just, just not good luck, obviously like that. So again, I'm sitting in a situation where I hope this is something that Morant's not a lost case. I hope this is something he can get back on track, uh, uh, get the help he needs uh, and get around the right people. Um, and yeah, I think that's all you could really, that's the only thing you could really think of here is that you hope that it's uh, the guy can get back to being one of the best basketball players in the world. How is that not something that everyone's hoping for, right? Yeah, you hope there's not underlying issues, like you said. You hope that it's not, you know, a friend group or a gang related, you know, you, you just hope that it's, that it's something that can be resolved, that it's something that will be resolved. And you've got to feel for the Memphis Grizzlies. I mean, this is a team that, you know, potentially could come in first place in the Western Conference. I mean, before all of this came out, this team was rolling. And then as soon as Jaw, as soon as all of this kind of noise came out, they started to kind of crumble. They started to, you know, have issues and they got let, dusted in the first round. Yeah, let alone this year. They're they're in a they're built to be like the team in the West for the next five or six, seven years. Like hundred percent they are. So we'll see what happens there. Obviously a tough situation with John Moran. We had to bring it up. All right, let's move into the to the draft lottery. <laughs> because yep. San Antonio Spurs fans, you are the luckiest folks out there. It goes back to David Robinson first overall. It goes back to Tim Duncan first overall. And now you get Victor Wimbayama first overall. <laughs> they didn't even have the best odds. Were they the, the second or third best odds? Anyway, they yeah. they jump ahead of, of uh, I do believe, the, Dal- uh, the Detroit Pistons. And now they will get Victor Wimbayama. Although there are some other good prospects. I'm watching that Scoot Henderson could go to work. Oh, yeah. He needs a Big urine time. test. Urine test. Um, but uh, no, man, they look fantastic. And, and a lot of the great prospects, it's going to be a fun draft. But I mean, Spurs fans, they've got to be thrilled obviously, after after winning the draft lottery. And I mean, this is from everything, yeah. from all accounts, this guy's going to be a freak. Seven foot oh five? It's unbelievable. And they, your former first overall picks were, were uh, Robinson and, and Duncan. And they're already like, they're not even like having the conversation. Is he going to be the best first overall pick by a spur? They're like they're legitimately talking about how he was the next uh, of highest prospects since LeBron James. Yeah, that is unbelievable. So again, yeah, Spurs, unbelievable luck in the lottery, but um, it's an, it's insane. So Good is this? I, th- it, I think this guy's gonna be the real deal. I, I don't. I don't. I I pray pray he stays away from injuries. Because well, I that's, that's what I'm about to bring thing. up. I'm about to bring it up. Okay, let's look at today's yeah. NBA. Let's look yep. at the culture of the NBA and the rest and the injuries. Yeah. And seven foot five. He's but, 19. Yeah. yeah. You know, how, like, do we see these guys that are seven plus have long careers? Not typically. I mean, no. well, I, I mean, I'm hoping. Seven, I'm hoping. Have we, a, have we had a seven foot star that could only play 65 games in a season and that's the norm now? Like, I know. It's, I don't know. Uh, I, I don't, I mean, it's, I guess to be, I guess to be up for the rookie of the year, he's going to have to play 65 games next year. So okay, so if you're let's let's have this conversation. If you're Popovich, the Spurs GM and the owner, again, what's Popovich like 75? Like how long is he sticking around for? Father time is like I'm sure the values that Pop knows in basketball is going to be passing along to a guy. Anyway, you want to talk about two different generations? You got Greg Popovich and Victor Wimbayama. Isn't Tim Duncan on that coaching staff? He could he be a few years ago. Could be that'd be nice. That, nice transition. Uh, what, yeah. yeah. But um, are you worried about this guy winning Rookie of the Year MVPs or anything like that, or are you just worried about him? Hey, strap up for sixty games for us. 
get us to the playoffs in, in a top five seed, be healthy for playoffs, and then you unleash. I mean, Man, I'm willing. I'm waiting to watch this guy for one game in the NBA because I'll be completely honest. I've seen highlights, but I've seen highlights of all athletes until I get to watch yeah. them from start to finish in an NBA game playing with the oh, man. Especially NBA, you know, like I I need to see it. Uh, I'm not going to crown this guy anything because you know to, to put him in the talks with MJ and LeBron like that's just that's a bit much for me. But I hear it. I'm hearing it. But I'm going to wait to yeah. see and this I guy mean, play. And I got to. I got to be a little hesitant when I say this because I was absolutely going berserk over how unreal Bedard's going to be. But NBA is by far the hype show for their first overall picks. I mean, it's it's every year their first overall pick is like the greatest athlete to ever come out of anything. So and look at Zion. But, yeah, I, I couldn't stay healthy. I I know. I again, that's the one thing I hope. I, like I'd yeah. rather Wembyama be a bust like a true bust, then the injuries be the reason we don't get to see his potential. You know what I mean? It just, yeah. it leaves such I a I think I'd rather that too, that he just sucked. Like he just, he just yeah. lost his jumper. Like I would rather that too, that he just full on sucked. Then he just can't stay healthy. Yeah. He's dealing with be, knee injuries. Be, be the greatest of all time yeah. or be a bonafide scrub that can't, play the game of basketball and that's the two I'd rather see. One of the two. It's going to be fun to see. I mean, we've all seen the viral clip of that guy, you know, missing a three-pointer and he takes two steps and dunks it. It's it, it he looks Insane. like an alien. And it's going to be it's fun to watch. All right, let's move into the, the Easter Conference series here, Justin. We got Boston and Miami, we've got Denver and the Lakers and uh my prediction of the Celtics sweeping went right out the door. Actually, it was feeling pretty good in the first half, up 66 to 57 in game one. But then Jimmy Butler decided to put, throw the heat on their on his back. He ends the game with 35 points. I think it still has the potential to be a short series, uh, but Miami grabs a, a big win in Boston, uh, up 1 0 on the Celtics. Uh, we got game two tonight. Uh, what'd you see? I mean, Jimmy Butler, man, when that guy goes bananas, man, he knows that he can put a team on his back, man. It's fun to watch. And if you're, if you're a heat fan, I mean, you have to be ecstatic. And, and if you're a 76ers fan, by all accounts, he wanted to stay there. Uh, you have to be rattled. Yeah. Funny. Yeah. Seriously. <laughs> funny enough for me, this, this Miami heat team reminds me a little bit of the Lakers. And the reason I say that is Jimmy Butler is going to be the catalyst for this team. I want to say LeBron, but obviously he's able to produce a little bit more points than LeBron just because that's not how the Lakers are built for LeBron in a scoring way. But LeBron's had a three-point game, so, I mean, he's done that already But in this playoffs. But the reason I say that is Bam Adebayo is such a steady figure in the paint, and he's been getting more and more aggressive, especially in that Celtics game. He he was willing to run the floor, and that caused problems for the Celtics uh, in transition. And he's kind of like that Anthony Davis where he's going to be your number two and allows you to run kind of a two-man game uh, when you need to calm things down. But this team win or loses games based on that depth getting hot. And I'm thinking of Strauss. I'm thinking of Lowry. And those guys both got hot in this game and with a huge factor of Heat being able to pull off this comeback. Because when they when they were down by that 11 or 12 number, it was Strauss who went absolutely heat check to bring them right back down too. And then from there on, it was Miami Heat the rest of the way. So, it's kind of going to be a situation where they're going to lose games in my eyes because they didn't get an absolute heat of a run from guys not named Butler and Adebayo. And that's how the Lakers have been doing it with Reeves and Walker, and we'll get into it. But yep. uh, I think that's what they're going to depend on. Whereas they're not going to be able to get, say, okay, Tatum, Tatum's going to be our go-to, but we know we're going to get a combination of X, Y, Z, all around Tatum to get yep. a baseline. Yep. And we just got to shut down the other team. Yep. Like these guys are going to have to get hot and play their best game 
in order for Heat to win games, and that's what's been working so far. Yeah, for sure. I I mean, you, you didn't get enough out of, out of Tatum and Brown. They just weren't efficient enough from the field, I think. Uh, Malcolm Brogdon played great off the bench with 19, and Al Horford with just seven points. I think he can pitch in a little bit more offensively, but you don't need him to. Like, you're not dependent on his scoring. But, I mean, it's going to be interesting. Obviously, a great win by Miami. I'm going to still stick with the Celtics in a short series. I'm now moving into Celtics in five. Um and and you, what did you Shocker. have? <laughs> I had Celtics in five from the get go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. So we're now we're both in the but, same. Are you going to lean a different way here? Are, I'll give you the opportunity uh, here, Justin, to change your pick. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm going to stay on Celtics in five, but I can't yep. say I, I, I have full yeah, confidence. I mean, obviously, yeah. I mean, yeah. I really didn't. I really thought, based on what we've seen from Celtics, they were shaky against the, the Hawks, and they were on the brink against 76ers. Instead of feeling concerned, I lean to this is where they they show that they're the championship caliber team, and they didn't. So, um, but yeah, I, I mean, no, Celtics are so well coached. I'm full faith, full faith they'll win the next two. I really do believe that. Or not even well coached. It's, they just have so much experience from last year's run. That yep. they've shown so much this year that they'll bounce back. I really, 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 really feel strongly they'll win the next two games, and we're, we're going to be talking at a 2-1 series. I, I, that's what I'm leaning I agree with you. I agree with you. Let's move into to Denver and L.A. Uh, obviously, L.A.'s in hot water. Um, you know, they are down two, yeah. heading back home. Uh, they kept these close, man. Uh, in game one, they were kind of getting blown out a little bit. They had a nice run, couldn't make the entire comeback. And then in game two, they had to lead through three quarters. It was a very tight game, and then Denver just kind of ran with ran away with it in the in the fourth quarter. I mean, Jokic is just such a handful, and you've been saying it all series long. I mean, it's going to be... I'm hard-pressed to think that uh, the Lakers can come back and win this. I mean, you just have to think Denver's just got to grab one in L.A., and this is their series. How are you feeling about this? Like, is there any way the Lakers come back and win the series? Like, I think we were, you know, both bang on. We both have Denver winning the series. I hopped on the bandwagon with the last last episode. I mean, yep. I think we've got... I've got Denver in five, if I'm not mistaken. I mean... It's yeah, uh let me uh you go ahead. Let me that let me answer let me answer this question for uh for everyone here one sec. <laughs> okay. He's on the Lakers. You're seeing I the narrative's too strong, Greg. The narrative's too strong right now for me. Down 0-2. LeBron with a little bit of an ankle roll. They kept the games close. They showed they could play with them. They didn't get hammered. You go back to L.A., they win both in L.A., win one in Denver. People are forgetting they were down 0-2, and the Suns did it. Booker and KD lost both games in Denver. They won both in Phoenix, but they didn't have the depth. This Lakers team, this is LeBron's fifth ring. I was on Nuggets the whole way. I was on Nuggets the whole way. LeBron, fifth ring. You're going to see it. Wow. You're going to see it. Wow! The hats on. Get get on the YouTube. That is a hot take. The bucket hats on. That's a hot take. Yep. And you know what? I like it, but I'm still riding Denver. But I mean, I I, I love the narrative. I love those types of narrative, and I, I honestly would love to see LeBron James win his fifth ring. I mean, you know, where does he stand? I'm not sure if that changes the argument between Michael Jordan and, and LeBron James if he does win his fifth ring. Like, does that change the argument at all? Who knows? But it would be fun to see. We'll check back in. It's 2-0 Denver. Justin likes a little comeback here. We'll see what happens. I mean, I mean, if if anyone if anyone's gonna do it, okay. Down 2s never a finished series. We've seen in every sport. Down 2s never been considered uh, a unbelievable comeback in any way, especially when you haven't lost at home. Yep. But the the greatest of all time, debatable. I know, but like top two, whatever you want to say. LeBron, you tell me, LeBron, AD, one last go around, man. 
It, it, it's, I, I just, again, they didn't get hammered. That's the thing. Like, I know they're down 0-2, so I know this seems pretty crazy. They didn't get hammered. Like, they showed signs that they could get this thing done, and I, I can't rule out LeBron, man. I yeah. can't. One one more time at least. I, I think he's got it in him. I like it. I like it. All we'll right, see. let's move into quarter four here. We just got a briefing on the MLB. We're not in MLB mode yet, but there is some news because we had a great ALE series. We had four games against the Jays and Yankees this week. And, I mean, you want to talk about a spirited affair with a lot of content? Yeah. I mean, they are these, both these teams are screaming at each other. I mean, Aaron Boone is yelling at the uh, Jays bench. <laughs> it is unbelievable, man. The commentators on, the, on, the, on Sportsnet for the Blue Jays feed, they called out Aaron Judge. Aaron Judge is at bat. Kind of keeps side eyeing his 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 dugout, and then just absolutely rips bombs this entire series. He had four home runs during the series, two in that one game, and then he's now got the longest and third longest home run in the Jays Stadium this season. It's oh a super weird God. situation, man. But uh, a good series nonetheless. Obviously, the Jays yeah. lose three of four. The Yankees have three big wins in Toronto, but I mean, this would be a playoff series that I think we both would like. Oh, I would. That would be absolutely electric yep. for, for ALEs fans. I'm a Jays fan myself, but like, uh, uh, this is the matchup you want. Yep. You want a series like this, but yeah, I don't know what to, I don't know what to say about that judge situation. Cause I know it's not new in baseball where if the pitcher sh- pitcher has a tell like holding the ball behind his back and he's got a, a clear tell or whatever, whatever for, to you be able to kind of steal that. It's not that, cheating that. to steal signs. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And like, even like even showing, unethical, uh, probably. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, exactly. But like, and I, I gotta think something happened because to look away from the pitcher and then hit a bomb, I don't know. But again, then the pitcher gets caught for cheating next game. So it's like what? Like this is absolutely ridiculous. From the Yankees in, in some sort of fashion, something was going on in some sense. But I don't mind it because even though I'm a Jays fan and they lost the series, this is unbelievable to watch. And it's like. The intensity you don't often get in the regular season of MLB, I'm all for it. I'm yeah. all for this rivalry. I am too. It's kind of like a big brother, little brother type deal. Obviously, the Yankees have won oh, yeah, that division for, sure. for so long. Um, yeah. I, I think that, I mean, clearly they read that picture like a Robert Munch picture book. I mean, like <laughs> they they had signs coming from the from the dugout, man, and and they they were giving him the judge, which you can <laughs> do. Like I said, there's no, there's no rules against that. If the pitcher yeah. is clearly telegraphing what he's going to pitch... Really, that's the batter if you can. Can't do it with technology and 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 bats and and trash cans like the like yep. the Astros did. But if you've got some hand signals that you want to throw a judge because you know the guy's about to throw a splitter, send it to him. You yep. know, and, and you know what? Impressive to be able to pick up whatever that was. Yep that 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 speed and that rate of a of a major league at bat. So, um, <laughs> pretty wild. But again, we're sitting here talking about the three and four seed in the in the division, like. It's crazy. We haven't caught the Orioles. We've done this. We've done. We've been following an MLB now, forty some games in. Orioles is still sitting there too. So it's bunching up a bit. It's bunching up a bit. Though, like it's oh, big time. It's bunching up. Like I mean, all but of these they, teams. The the Sox are kind of fizzling out a little bit. Um, yeah. and then and then I mean I think the Jays and and, and Yankees are about to they're heat up and they're gonna but, they're gonna catch the Orioles. Sox fizzling out. Okay. Uh, so this is games back from the race. Yeah, yeah. This yeah. Is games back. How from many the race. games back Orioles. is Orioles? Orioles three and a half games back. Yep. Jays six and a half. Yankees six and a half. Red Sox seven and a half. 
<laughs> so yeah, it, it's just so bunched I up. Mean, but you have to think. Like, think about that. Think about the historic start that the Rays have been on. And the Orioles are winning three and a half games back. Like, that's crazy. Orioles are six. But this is what I'm saying. The Orioles are six and four in the last 10. We, okay, we looked at the Pirates. But you're, no one's, you're not sniffing that out of the Orioles to go on an absolute cold streak and come back no. to earth. They haven't done it yet. Like, is this Orioles? And they had such a good year like, last year. Right, that's so what it's like I'm saying, but it's people, not like it's like last they year. just got hot. Yeah, people kind of thought they just got hot, or is, are we misreading them? And they're able to play some ball, man. Like, yep. are we gonna be talking about Jays or Yankees possibly missing playoffs because this <laughs> Orioles team is playing spoiler all year? <laughs> it's still early. It's yeah, it still is. early, but we're almost at fifty games. Well, we're gonna monitor it for sure. Yeah, yeah. We'll but we're gonna stay about this Jays Yankees series because this Domingo Germain guy is such an idiot. So obviously, the commentators <laughs> for the Blue Jays they're calling out. Judge for cheating. The entire Blue Jays fan base is saying Judge is cheating. And then yep. this lunatic comes out the next game and just blatantly putting pine tar <laughs> all over his hands. It's all over his pants. It's just like, yeah, you know what? I'm going to, you know, as cheating is the major topic in this series, I'm just going to go see if I can pull a fast one against these guys and just load up, dump my hand in a tub of pine tar and go pitch. Literally on his pants. It's <laughs> yeah. like, the, it wasn't even like speculation or we got to check this guy out. It was like, okay, you're gone. You're cheating. You're done. <laughs> yeah, like, like, yeah, yeah. Like, not, no appeal. So no appeal. Like, yeah. I, I mean, listen, I was, I, 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 I was dumping my hand in pine tar. I just thought maybe you guys wouldn't notice, even though I'm checking and checked after every inning and cheating's the biggest topic of in baseball in this and series. And he just like has to soak it. He's like, "Oh, you caught me!" Like, what do yep. you? It's like he wanted to be caught. It's like, dude, you yep. have to. You had to have. You had to have thought through a better plan than what you did. Like, it's just an absolute blunder. I mean, it's. Uh, yeah, I mean, again, we, we've been harping on these. Okay, but okay, but only ten games. Like, what? Yeah, what is this ruling? I don't really understand what, all this. Was that like, two? Was that two starts? Two starts. Yeah, and, and then two what's starts. His name? Scherzer got like Scherzer got that too, right? You got yep. ten games, so, so yep. it's like. I don't understand because some guys get like I think it's worth suspended it. for. I think it's some worth. Some guys it. get yeah. If you can get away with it, yeah. I think if it's worth it, you don't give it one star. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, I mean, <laughs> if you, okay, if you had to cheat in the MLB, you're a pitcher and you were trying to get your hands sticky. How yeah. would you try to disguise that? Yeah, I mean, especially if it's a different color, like if it's a different color like that, where if it touches any clothing and it's going to show up on it, I don't really know how. What are you thinking, like house? toothpaste or like glue or like <laughs> like what i mean you can't but they, but they'd feel it on your hands right that's the whole dilemma here is they feel their hands but like if toothpaste got it really sticky and then could you rub toothpaste enough that you could get it off i mean i don't know i don't know what toothpaste i use bluetooth is blue toothpaste show is like the colgate tooth crest toothpaste showing up on the ball though like true you're gonna be able to see it on true. the ball it might be horrible i'm just i'm just kind of i'm, no, I'm just out of pocket spitballing here like what no are you idea. using well, aren't they using it's like it's like water and uh, uh, the resin that you can yeah. use? Yeah, and so, then and then something else, and then usually no like a idea. third party, whether it's you know pine tar. I don't or, know if you use this. They have the chalk bags on the back. Of that's the, mouth, the ro right? that's the resin or rosin. Or okay, whatever. so yeah. yeah, so what I'm saying yeah. is like they give that to them. Is it just like that's not enough spin, or is it that much of an advantage? It's a chalky, like it's a very chalky grip. Like yeah, it's but not, you know you lift. You lift weights, so you do whatever. Like it's they, a grip for sure. Up. Yeah, but yeah. that's what I'm saying. It's like not even close to as competitive as this exercise. I don't lift heavy enough to chalk Obviously. up. <laughs> <laughs> I'll strap up. <laughs> your golf game's your workout, Greg. Your golf, no, your no, golf, I, no, no. I, I lift. I lift, but I'm just I'm not chalking up. No like, chalk up. No. 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 Fair I'll, enough. I'll strap no, up. Yes. I I get the straps up. You do the rest. Yeah. 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 I'll strap up if I need some no. grip, but. 
Maybe that's the next step for pitchers. They're throwing stuff on their wrists. Who knows? Yeah, maybe they're strapping the ball in. It's like they're throwing like a like a scoop ball. <laughs> it's like a machine. Yeah, it's like a <laughs> like scoop. Like the dogs, like the dog scoop thing, and they're just yeah, exactly. using leverage. <laughs> they're using leverage. <laughs> and and hey, that's going to be Domingo's next move, and he's going to think he won't get caught. He's out yeah. there. He's out there. With he's, got the, a a he's got a cast on. He's got a cast. He's got a slingshot attached to his wrist. He won't get caught. <laughs> Domingo, buddy. Domingo. Domingo. Yankees. Yankees. Figure it out. Yeah. Come on, man. You got to be better. You beat us. You got to be better. Interesting story here. We don't have to go into it too much, but the Derek May pitcher for the Oakland Athletics, he debated retirement because the pitch clock has given him so much anxiety. As a professional athlete, you're dealing with anxiety from a pitch clock? I'm not buying it, man. And or if you are, man, I you got to go to a doctor for some antidepressants or something. And I, and I mean that. I mean that with all due respect. <laughs> I understand that people deal with the anxiety. I understand that people deal with depression. But a professional athlete telling me that you're dealing with the anxiety from a pitch clock? Holy smokes, man! That's no, a we bit just much. Cracked, we, we just we just exposed it. It's because they can't cheat. They can't use spider attack and all this. Yeah. He's not as good of a pitcher anymore. He's, he's got he's anxiety because he sucks clock. without dipping his yeah, hand in pine tar. the pitch clock. That's what this is. He's blaming the pitch clock, even though he's got because he can't cheat anymore with the uh, on the mound. Crazy. I don't know. I don't know how you retire. I don't even consider that. You're telling me the pitch clock is so stressful to you that you're going to give up millions of dollars? Like we just did this. This who gets paid more? And every MLB player is making unbelievable tens of millions of dollars, and you're gonna you're worried about a pitch clock. I, I have a hard time. Rules? Yeah, you just got to pitch faster. Like, well, how is it that stressful? Yeah, I, I, what are his numbers, Greg? Oh. Is he getting just yoked right now? Is he getting? I read the headline and I threw it in the outline. I didn't check into him or who he was. I just figured <laughs> I just figured I was going to go on a rant ripping him. I'll, but yeah, I'll see. I'll see if we can find him I'll, quick I'll, as, yeah, as we'll, you go to the next one. No, let's I'll, just I'll let you know. let's just check it up here. Um, Hang on, Oakland A's. Let me see where I can find them. Oh, bottom of the standings. There they are. Yeah, yeah. Let's go. See. Um, what's it, what's the name? May Derek, Derek May. May. Okay, we got him here. I don't have him on here as a pitcher. You got him? He's getting just destroyed out there. What is it? I don't even... He's got to have brutal numbers. Oh, he's a left fielder. There's got to be a oh, different he's, Derek he's playing man. The oh. No, no, there is. There is, there is. Oh, so hitting. So this is stressing him out at, no, when he's hitting. It can't be. Are you... I'm pretty sure... Derek May. Maybe it is. Maybe it no. is. Maybe you know it's... this is. Yeah, you know it's this is. hitting. This is... Oh. That is absolutely ridiculous. Dude. Just stand in there. Is this serious right now? I don't even know oh, where I pulled I'm the gone, headline I'm out. Gone, I don't even know where I got the I'm headline. Gone, I might even be dealing with the wrong I'm name. Gone, <laughs> I've gotten struck out within 15 seconds when I was playing baseball back in the day. I wish there was a pitch clock. Would have given me more time at the dish. Dude, anyway, it's an interesting... I'm going to have to read more into that headline because that could have been just absolutely bullshit. But anyway, moving oh, on right. into the Diamondbacks. Because <laughs> for the second time in history, a Diamondbacks pitcher has killed the bird. Huh. Zach yeah. Gallen was warming up in the outfield and he was throwing a pitch to, you know, they're just throwing around. He was throwing a heater in the outfield. It clocked a bird. So I just wanted to say rest in peace to the second bird that has been killed by a pitcher in a Diamondbacks <laughs> uniform. Obviously the famous one from from Randy Johnson, Zach Gallen. I mean, you hate to see it, dude. And hopefully Pajita is not reaching out. This is just insane. And I don't know if the listeners are thinking the same thing. We 
we have an MLB segment going on right now, and let's if we just run back through like what are the talking points in MLB? Cheating. This is this league is absolutely insanity, but it is. This is what like this is what goes on in the MLB for 162 games before we get to playoffs. It's absolutely it's jockeying for standings. It's win loss, win win oh, win it's, loss, it's win 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 loss. Bird in the outfield, yeah. cheating dinger, the wrong dinger. way, yeah. being stressed, no hitter for seven, but we're pulling them. <laughs> <laughs> it's Oakland buying land in Vegas. Like, what is going on, it, man? But, it, it's a tough. But it's somehow they're the most. Somehow they're one of the best playoffs in sports. Oh, somehow no doubt about it. Come October, man, it is like, so actually, compelling. Oh, yeah. it is, man, it is. And obviously, is, too, so. like you know, as we move into the one episode, as we get into the summer, we will yeah. have more breakdowns yeah. of teams, and, and we'll have more runs. But as That's we're kind of as we're still in NHL and NBA mode, and as we got golf, I mean, you just kind of got to check in with you know what's making noise, and this stuff's making noise around the league. Um, I read too, Justin, just finally here in the MLB that the no shift has actually done a lot of good things. I mean, I guess they're up in runs per game, they're up in hits per game, so it has, and the pitch clocks obviously make it for faster games. So it does sound like the changes to the overall game of baseball have been positive ones, and and you yeah. just got to tip your cap to a game that was archaic. In some yep. respects, making some advancements, you've seen the more, you've seen potentially the changes to come. I think that I think it's in a good space for the next generation yeah. to enjoy the yeah. game. And, and, and you know what? There was a lot of talk about the new rule changes and quickly silenced, quickly silenced there through the regular season. It's been it's been entertaining. Like again, we joke about kind of the the oddball things that happen, but maybe that's a compliment to how the game has flowed actually seamlessly with the new rule changes games are quicker uh games are pretty entertaining the league's got good parody um it's actually some pretty good stuff and, and again the no shift was something that um the traditionalists weren't sure about but yet again mlb showed that it could actually modernize and still be a very entertaining uh successful game no doubt about it um well listen folks Everybody, make sure you five-star the episode. Make sure you follow the new TikTok account. We are going to have a TikTok account devoted for podcast clips. And I think we've done a good job, Justin, of picking up our game a little bit, you know, getting more comfortable. I think today was a great episode. Everyone five-star. Everyone make sure you're on the socials. Justin, any final words before we let this audience go? Yeah. Yeah, quick. Just to the the listeners we have. And we got some loyal listeners and, and and. we appreciate them. We do. Uh, and we want to hear more from you guys. And that's what this TDI podcast in, uh, TikTok page comment section, man. We're both going to be in there. We're going to be listening like crazy to the recommendations you guys have, ideas, suggestions, um, things you want us to talk about, ideas you have for that that TikTok page, halftime shows, whatever it may be. Let us know in, 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 on there. Give it a follow. Uh, um, get Tell your buddies, send the podcast, send the page, whatever it is. And uh, don't be afraid to uh, uh, send whatever you guys think might be successful or something you want to see. And we'll give it a go. We'll, we'll see what's going on in there. And uh, we could, uh, we could test some things in that, in that podcast group. Cause again, we love our listeners and uh, we want to just keep growing this thing and make it more entertaining for them. So uh, fire up. See you guys next time. For, Let's for me. go.